Yo, this hot, this the spot, there it is pod.com We're interviewing the best comedians, so tune in quick and get your ears receiving them We talking about life and life to stream right to you From the microphone right to your home, dude Side note, this might get embarrassing, but no, don't sweat, yo Cause there it is Welcome to the There It Is podcast a podcast for comedians, creators, and dreamers. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. I hope you're dancing along to the music. I dance along to the music while I'm uh, getting ready for this intro. It's fun. It's fun and funky. Uh, So I have a very fun episode for you. Last week's episode, though, already causing high drama, a little controversy. That's right. I said controversy, like Jimmy Fallon. Is that triggering anything for you? Are you having a tough time because Jimmy Fallon was easy on Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump? You know he's the guy who brought beer pong to late night television. Why are you expecting him to be Bill O'Reilly all of a sudden? I don't understand. That was so silly, right? I mean, why were people... I, Jimmy Fallon's just a nice guy who's just here to have fun. I mean, you can not like his, his style, but why are you so mad at Jimmy Fallon, of all people, for not being hard-hitting? When you're not talking about people like Bill O'Reilly who gets stuff wrong, <laughs> like, I, I don't know if you know this, but you should be more mad at Bill O'Reilly. If your life is so great that you're complaining about Jimmy Fallon, well, God bless you, but you sound real silly. <laughs> okay, last week's episode. We had the Greenville Comedy Marathon panel discussion, and it aired, and uh, I enjoyed the episode. There were a couple things I quibbled with, but didn't bother to say anything. But some people got back to me, and you can leave feedback, uh, and you can engage in the discussion on Twitter and Facebook at There It Is Pod or on the website, thereitispod.com. But some people contacted me directly because of the impression they felt was given of No Expectations Comedy. Now, I am a co-founder and member of No Expectations Comedy. I help run the open mic that runs here every Monday in Greenville, South Carolina. The take back that these listeners got was that the atmosphere at No Expectations Show is negative and harsh. And uh, they disagree with that. And I would disagree with that as well. That is not the point or purpose of No Expectations Comedy. And that is also not what we provide. I think we provide a a great room for people to perform. It's a room that uh, some dignitaries have come through, like the likes of Rory Scovel or Herbie Gill or Joe Zimmerman. They've performed there a couple of times. And they like the room, too. And we run a good show. We run a good room. We've been told that. It is not this harsh, negative atmosphere that was, uh, I guess, the take back that some people had. And I just want to clear that up. If that was the impression that you got, don't have that impression. It's called no expectation. So you shouldn't expect anything positive or negative. It's a room for you to go up and work on material. It's a room for you to start out in. A lot of people have started out in the comedy theater there at Coffee Underground. So if you 
were one of the listeners who had a take back or an impression that our room is harsh or negative. That is not the case. I just want to clear that up. Uh, The truth is, it's a good room and it's a positive vibe, not a negative one. Speaking of positive vibes, this interview is super duper fun. I have on Aiden Mayery. She is an actor and writer, and she's very funny. She's studied at UCB and I.O. out in L.A., and she's appeared in commercials, a web series called Harder Than It Looks, and she's in tonight's season premiere of New Girl on Fox at 8.30, so definitely check that out. We have a giggly good time in this conversation, talking about getting into the industry, the work she's done, and buzz saws uh, that's going on in the background <laughs> it was pretty funny <laughs> i'm already giggling let's just get to the interview here it is my chat with aiden mary so you were in pittsburgh recently weren't you doing some work no so it got pushed i'm going to pittsburgh tomorrow oh what's this for um this i actually don't know that i'm allowed to talk about because i signed an nda but oh. um it is it's a a TV thing. Oh, very so, cool. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Yeah, and you were just on, uh, or you're about to be on, because it hasn't aired yet, New Girl, right? Yeah, yeah, it comes out the 20th. Um, that was so fucking fun. <laughs> I like. Do you watch New Girl? Like, honestly, do you watch New Girl? I haven't, I don't, I haven't watched much TV. I watched when, um, just because I've been... Because you're like a busy, busy person with a real life. I don't know if I'd say a real life, but I just do comedy at night enough times that I get too busy to watch a lot of uh, television, so I'm always catching stuff late. Um, Dude, I am, like, addicted to television. I want to learn from you. I need to get, like, it's it's bad. Well, I am pretty addicted to it as well. I just have uh, a lot on my DVR. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so that's, I've, I saw the, I made it a point to watch the Prince one when it originally aired. Mm, of New Girl. Yes. And I really like a lot of the people who are on there. So um, I know it's a good show. It is. It, it it's cool one of my favorite shows. Yeah. Awesome. So that was like, it. W- I've auditioned for smaller parts, like, I probably auditioned three or four times for other things that I haven't gotten. And I was always like, oh, I'll just never be on New Girl. But I fucking love that show. And then this worked out so well. That's so great. That's a yeah. that's, that's a really good outcome for that to, you know, have smaller roles that didn't work out and then to get a, a bigger role. Yeah. Cause, and it also reminds you to be like, OK, you don't know what's going to happen next. Stop. Like I. I wouldn't have been able to play a role like this if I had booked one of the smaller roles. Right. Oh, right. So it yeah. just kind of works out. It's not out like Law like, and Order where they'll cast the those... same person. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, it's not like that. No, they won't do that. So it, it was very like, you know, what is that? What is that saying that people have on their pillows? God's rejections are life's. No, life's rejections are God's protections. Oh, yeah. Have you ever heard that? I, I have. think it's very cute. It's yeah. Very cute. But that's how I feel. It's like every time you're like, oh, this didn't work out. Why not? Boo me. It's like, well, you don't know what's going to happen. Right. You never know. Was it? What's the story? Harrison Ford was doing carpentry work on the set because George Lucas said, ah, I don't want to use him for this, too. <laughs> just like so I used him for my last movie. But they had him read and, you know. It's just those, yeah. You can't ever. 
Like, you didn't know where your life... Three years ago, if someone was like, predict what's going to happen in three years, you, there's no way right. you would have known where you oh, are gosh. now. Yeah, that's totally true. Because right now, I'm about to move... At the end of February, I'm moving to New York City. And really? Three years ago, yeah. Oh my God, congratulations. That's a big deal. It is, yeah. And three years ago, I had no idea that, that <laughs> this is where I'd be, you know? Right. Uh, Right, and you like, oh God, life is just crazy. Weird shit happens all the time. All the time, and there is no... I understand frustrations, but there really isn't much worth in living in that frustration because you don't know something great could be right around the corner. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like if you kind of give in to that, like it's very short-sighted to be like, well, today was bad, so now everything's bad. It's like, it's all just part of this bigger thing Mm -hmm. as well as that is but like why if, if you if you let yourself dip into that then you're just attracting that into your life and you're right. just always going to feel like everything sucks yeah yeah absolutely so you've had this great stuff that's uh, been happening lately uh, when did you get started in acting work um well I would say like when I was a kid I made movies with my friends and sketches and music videos and all this stuff uh-huh. loved it did a lot of theater. Then I went through puberty and dropped absolutely everything creatively interesting to me and just wanted to get drunk and meet older guys. Uh-huh. Which is a bummer. Older that, guys. Well, really, any guys, but the guys in my grade were too, like, scared of us. So, oh. like, older guys that were, like, hanging around my hometown after high school would oh, be, so like... Oh, so the dangerous guys. Yeah, they'd be, like, drunk driving us to parties. Uh-huh. <sighs> Nightmare. Um... <laughs> But, yeah, and that's all I wanted to do. And it was like, you know, high school, like, everything, you're just, like, so worried. Like, I stopped bringing sandwiches to school because I didn't want people to see me eating a sandwich. Like, I was just so worried about what everybody fucking thought. Oh, wow, yeah. You know? And, pretty, like, now... Where were you living at the... Where did you grow up? I grew up in Northern California. Okay. So, like, um, Sonoma County, Napa area. Mm-hmm. Is that... Someone is, like, cutting hedges outside my house. Is that... That's picking? totally fine. You can't hear it? I could hear it, but it's fine. <laughs> Damn it. Um, it's not should I go bad. tell him I'm doing a podcast and he needs to shut the fuck up? <laughs> no. I'm sorry. I, I'm like swearing a lot. Is it like you have... I don't. Young... I don't. I I'd let people be themselves. So. Okay, cool. cool. I as mean, long yeah, as you're right. being honest about who you are and, yeah. and you're swearing, then it's fine. I mean, <laughs> I mean it all. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I grew up in Northern California, which was a very chill and lovely place to grow up. Mm-hmm. It also was like, I don't know, I just lost all creativity when I became a teenager. And then, well, this is kind of like a, a bummer to talk about, but I don't want to bring down your podcast. But the reason I ended up pursuing acting was because I was in college studying poli sci being like, that's a practical thing. Like, I can't be an actor. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and doing, like, acting on the side for fun. And then I was 20, and my high school sweetheart at the time suddenly died. Oh, and wow. that was, like, I didn't know what was going on. I was also 20, and, like, we were partying all the time, and I didn't know how to, like, process what was happening. Right. And I remember coming back from his funeral and being in college and like just acting like nothing had happened but everything was different mm-hmm. and I was like well okay I didn't I had a really easy childhood so like I never lost anybody close to me you know and when that happens all of a sudden you're like oh that can happen right. I could just 
poof and disappear. Um, and if that if that happened tomorrow, like, why am I doing poli sci? I don't want to do poli sci. I want to be an actor. Mm-hmm. And so then that changed the direction of everything. And I ended up moving to Orange County and doing a theater program and then coming out to L.A. All, all that to say, almost five years ago, really started, okay. like, getting into the hustle four years ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that is an interesting experience to have to push you in that direction but it is i guess it goes back to the phrase you were saying that is about what life right. throws at you what's that phrase it was life's 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 rejections are god's protections right. well okay it wasn't a rejection i guess but but you're right because honestly obviously if i could have anything different for his family i'd want him to be alive for he was right. a w- wonderful person i wish he was still alive right. but to glean to take something good out of that it like liberated me in a way that I don't know I ever would have if sudden something horrible hadn't happened to me like that. That's true. That's an interesting like, thing about life sometimes, I think, not to get too crazy or something. Philosophical. Or, or, yeah, exactly. But the bad things that happen in our lives shape us just as much as the good things. And yeah. I think if not lo- more, honestly. If not more. Yeah, very true. And I think a lot of times it can be easy to say, I don't want all these bad things that have happened to have happened. But in some of those cases, I wouldn't be where I was if the bad things totally didn't happen. I, I 100%. Right? Any time like something I get rejected or I don't get my way and something, I'm always like, okay, what can I learn out of this? Mm-hmm. And I think going through that made, like built my character and made me stronger or whatever. Right. I th- there's that phrase, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. But I think it also makes you realize how strong you were to begin with. Oh, I love didn't realize that. It. Yeah, I, I think there's there's some tough things I've been through that I thought, I am handling this. Where did that come from? It's not that I've gotten through it and it's made me stronger. I was strong in a way I had no idea I was strong. You like tapped into something in yourself. Right. Yeah, that's so true. I remember people, I remember being like 21 and some of my friends being like, oh my God, like I can't believe how well you're handling your boyfriend dying. Like I could never do that. Like I would fall apart. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. honestly, that's what you think when you hear crazy shit. You're like, I could never, but then it happens and you're like, well, I either like also die myself and just give up or like I fucking make it through this. Right. Right. What else are you going to do? You have one option, you know? Um, Yeah. And then there's just that weird thing of just some of the greatest things that have happened in my life only happen because of bad things that happen. Totally. Totally. Like pushes you in a way that you wouldn't have pushed yourself. Right. Or it just puts you in a set of circumstances that. Mm-hmm. you wouldn't have had. If it right, like I never would have met these people or gone to that party or whatever. Right, right. I would not have gone to the college I had gone to or, or moved to where I moved to if it wasn't for whatever happening when I was a child or something. You know, like it's, maybe you're right. Maybe it is like shapes you even more than the good things do. I think so. I really do. And I mean, that's comedy, right? It's just tragedy yeah. plus time. Absolutely, yeah. So you have this transition in your life. You, As you said, you start hustling into the comedy and the acting world. Uh, mm-hmm. How did you get your start? Now, didn't you go to UCB and I.O.? Yeah, so I had had, like, I was, like, classically trained at dramatic theater. Um, and then you get to L.A. and everyone went to theater school and nobody cares. P.S. Mm-hmm. didn't graduate. I left 20 units short 
credits, units? I don't know what they are. <laughs> Some of those credits are just knowing if it's credits or units. <laughs> right. There's a whole class. Is this a credit? Is this a unit? Uh, and also, best decision ever. Because, like, if you want to be an actor or writer, nobody cares where your degree is from. Going to college helps with those connections and helps build your voice and teaches you things. But, like, the degree itself, irrelevant. Right. No one's... That's... <laughs> When I was in college, I was a theater minor, and uh, I remember a buddy who was in the, the theater department was saying it's totally pointless, because yeah. it's not like anyone's going to hire you because you have that degree. And it was like, oh, we'll, we'll hire you for this acting job because you have a degree from such and such place. Like, that's not no, how it works. Definitely not. It, it, all they want it to see is experience. Yeah, can you and do And the, the only way you can get experience is just going there and showing up and doing stuff for free for, like, five years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so okay, so I came over to LA and I was taking a very dramatic, like Strasbourg type methody acting class, which was basically just like go on stage, talk about how you were molested as a kid, and that's acting. <laughs> like it was very uh-huh. self indulgent. Okay. Um, and just kind of a nightmare. It was what it's a. There's this whole thing in LA. I'm sure it goes on in New York too, where there's a lot of acting teachers that are very guruy mm-hmm. and they kind of act like God and they have all these pupils that are like emotionally addicted to them. Like it's like art therapy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're like in these classes being told like, well, you need to be here and you need to do the work and you need to talk about all of your issues on stage and like work on your issues. And then they end up staying there for 10 years, just like stuck in their issues and they're never working. It's not applicable Mm -hmm. to working as an actor. Yeah, it's it's great if you're using acting like yoga or, or something where it's a thing you do on the side from your real job, then sure, mm-hmm. you can stay at a particular institute and have that outlet. But if you're trying to get work, it's right. not really the best outlet. Yeah, and you're, you're totally right. Like, not to knock any of those techniques, because I think for very heavy roles, for theater especially, if you have a year to work on a scene, like, some of those people would bring the same scene in for, like, seven months. It's like, okay, again, like, if you're doing a movie or a TV show, that's completely useless. Mm-hmm. But but I totally get it as, as a useful thing. I just think it was, there was a little bit of a, abuse of power mm-hmm. from the people that own the studio. Um, just sucking these kids dry financially. Because there was also a rule, like, it's like 200 a month, and if you leave for a month, and because you can't afford it, not be, you're allowed to leave if you get a job, but if you leave for any other reason, you're kicked out for a year. Oof. So everyone was so scared to get kicked out, they were just going broke trying to stay in this program. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, it was it was gross. Um, and it, it just was culty, you know what I mean? So anyway... Yeah. I was getting a lot of migraines doing that. And um, and then, I don't know why, but I decided to take a class at I.O. And that was also one of the reasons I knew that the other class I was taking was bad is because when I was like, oh, I'm taking improv classes, they were like, what? You're going to, like, you're a, what do they say? That's going to mess with the work here. You can't take other classes. And it was like, that's like the definition of a cult is when they're like, you can't talk to other people, you can't do right. other I love getting super nerdy and artsy about process and technique, but there is no sense in that statement to me. You know, like, I don't see how it could possibly affect the work you're doing. Right. If nothing, it's going to make you so much better. Like, improv helps everything. Absolutely. It makes you so much more present if you're doing it right. Yeah, totally. And um, 
they just kind of accused me of not being a serious, uh, a real artist and all this shit. And I was just like, okay, bye. Um, and then I went to IO, had a great time, made a web series, went to UCB, also had a great time. And I was like, oh, this is like comedy. Like it's comedy all the way. That's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And so that. that reminded you of uh, the videos you were doing as a kid? Yeah. Yes, yes. And I think that's like the weird thing about becoming an adult and becoming your like truest, most honest self is that like you are just tapping into the real you that was there at nine years old that got, I don't know, buried through puberty and trying to be cool in your early 20s and all the stuff. Right. I can't remember if it was Jill Bernard or Greg Tavares that said that when we're kids, we know how to do improv. We know what we're doing. It's uh, life doing whatever life does to us makes us forget and Mm -hmm. we start having more of a filter and it's true right right uh yeah you you're you become self-aware and insecure which you know you need to do to survive but i think that like i'm starting to accept that like as an artist you have to be honest with who you are and that sounds really self-indulgent and lame, but that's part of our job. I think it's healthier for any person to be honest with who they are. But I also yeah. would say when it comes to performance art, but particularly comedy, you have to have two things. Not much of a filter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you can't be polite. Like you can yeah. be polite. To, you can be nice to people. Be but kind to you, people. Yeah. Right. But politeness does not work in comedy. No. And it honestly, like, okay, manners are important, right? Especially right. in business. But, like, truly just, like, biting your tongue and not speaking your mind and being, like, ultra polite about everything doesn't really get anybody anywhere. Right. Even if you're not, even if you're not a comedian. Right, exactly. That's why I think there's the whole political correctness discussion. Mm-hmm. And you think, like, polite is the root word there. I think uh, political oh. correctness is the wrong direction to go with the discussion. I think I don't think it's about politically correctness i think it's more about being overly polite as opposed to being just honest i think if people are being honest that's better than than trying to worry about people's feelings in certain yeah. in certain situations that sounds different than i mean it I, of course you don't want to hurt people's feelings but you don't want to withhold the truth because you're overly worried about people's feelings Right, because you're worried about what people think and how they react. and mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the problem is that it, it kind of is overshot with the whole Trump thing, right? People are like, oh, he speaks his mind, he's honest. Like, no, he's a savvy, like, celebrity politician person. Right. He's not being true and honest. Right. That, that's not, like, that's not that. That's right. just trying to stir shit up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like getting to the true core of an issue. That's not what he's doing. <laughs> He's no. just being rude and crazy yeah. um, because it's shock. voice in the room, yeah, and getting right. attention. Right. It's why it's why Howard Stern got so far in the mayoral race. Uh, doesn't Wait, that sound mayor. weird? Mayoral. Sounds like my last name. Mayoral. May- <laughs> Mayory. Yeah. Mayory, Mayor. I don't know. The East Coast pronounces it different than the West Coast. It's a whole family dispute. Oh, okay. How do you say it? I say Mayory. Mm-hmm. But my East Coast family says Mayeri. Oh, okay. I, I was thinking Mayeri when I just saw it. And then uh, I think you had somewhere you have it written how to pronounce it. Because I'm thinking John Mayer with an I in the end. So I was like, Mayeri. Yeah, it's like, yeah, 
Mayeri, Mayeri, whatever. It's whatever you feel, really. It's open to interpretation. But your first name is pronounced Aiden. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, everyone that doesn't speak English as the first language says Aiden. Oh, I think there's really? something about A-Y in other languages. Mm. It's always pronounced I. What nicknames, this is totally off topic, and we'll get back on topic. What, what nicknames do you have? AIDS. Uh, AIDS is a name? Okay. <laughs> I was thinking, AIDS. I was thinking Yaden. Oh my god, I love that. That's, I, how has nobody said that? How it works so much the, with your personality. What? I'm for, straight up from the yay area and no one has ever said Yaden. What? That's amazing. Well, that's what I'll call you, Yaden. Because I'm I love like, it. yay, it's Aiden, Yaden. <laughs> I'm taking that. I'm running with it. <laughs> sweet, sweet, sweet. That's um, great. Let's circle back. So in your time at UCB and I.O., what did you glean from, well, what was your take back from, from your time like, there? Like, what did I get out of that? Yeah, what did you get out of it, and how did it help uh, move your career along? Well... Jason, I would say <laughs> it, um, okay. It was really, really, really good because it taught me the importance of creating your own content hmm. and like, and that's such a like thrown around phrase and so lame, but, but just to say like, Oh, make, write a sketch, make it, it created a community. So I instantly had other people that were eager to make things mm -hmm. And we're kind of at my level. We're all kind of scrappy being like, we want to get seen and we want to do something. Like, let's do something together. Um, and that was great. It, like, really propelled me to make stuff. Um, and the thing about UCB is it's, like, so cool. It's such a cool kids club. Mm -hmm. I never got far into it. Like, I, most of my friends are UCB people. I go to a lot of UCB shows. I've done shows there, but I'm not like on one of the in-house teams mm -hmm. or part of the like, you know, pro crew that is really cool there. Mm -hmm. um, and I debated about that for a while. I mean, I don't even think they'd have me. It's very hard to get into a lot of their stuff, but. Yeah, there's so um, many people. Yeah, it's, it's, oh my God, so many people. It's very, very hot over here. Um, but, but the point of all of it, because I, I was like, oh, do I audition for the Herald teams? Do I do it? Because that takes years to like get onto a Herald team does, to audition yeah. a million times. Um, and then I was like, well, what? Why do I want to do it? I I want to I want to be on a Herald team so I get like practice and get seen, maybe get reps and work with other people. And then I was like, well, why don't I just make stuff, make a web series, make sketches perform a lot and then I did get agents and yeah that I mean that was the thing that was a takeaway from making a web series was like I think at the time I was like well what so you know what if it gets sold as a tv show and it could be all these things and it's like yeah that could happen but the biggest thing was it took my like my team to the next level mm -hmm. it's like I got good agents and managers out of it oh great I think there's a lot of value in that because I do believe a lot of people are going the, particularly the UCB route and trying to get on a house team, but it's hard to get on a house team. I mean, uh, famously, Abby Jacobson and, uh, and Alana Glazer didn't get on a house team. Like they were saying on an interview, like we didn't get on a house team at UCB and that ended up not being the, the thing for us. So we started creating our own stuff, which is exactly what you did. 
Totally. It seems like, to me, the best choice, regardless of where you are. Uh, UCB, I-O, uh, like Ohio. Uh, it doesn't matter where you are. You can be in Iowa. Iowa, uh, Ohio, yeah. <laughs> as long as you are working and trying to create stuff, that seems to be more important than trying to climb the ladder of a particular scene. Of yeah, comedy. that's a really good point. I think like <clears throat> it's really dangerous to put all of your emphasis, like to think that there's only one way. Mm -hmm. Like when I transferred to theater school, and they had this BFA program that was very, very competitive. And you start with like 120 kids. And then after a couple years, they cut it down and down. And then only 12 get accepted to the BFA. 12 people. Mm -hmm. And so like the first round of cuts, I remember people were crying and they were devastated. And there were all these kids that were like, well, I wanted to be an actor. I guess I need to figure out a different career. And I was like, are you kidding? Right. This is like one college, one state school. That's just like you're not in this program. Just do some, do other acting, do something else. Right. It makes so much more sense just to do something else. It's, it's just like people going on American Idol and then they don't get asked to be on the show and they're sad. I'm like, listen, you can sing anywhere. <laughs> like, just, yeah, right. Then they're like, well, American Idol's the end all be all, so I guess I won't be a singer. It's like, right. What? And like, even if you win on American Idol, you still got to know how to, not that you can do that anymore since the show doesn't exist, but I just mean, if you're on one of those shows, you still have to be able to create something. That right. That's marketable. like a platform. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It like gets you so far. It gets you the reps. It gets you the doors opening. And then you have to like hustle and be constantly rejected and fail a lot and get better and keep going. Yeah. For me, I love improv. I love doing it. I want to do it and I want to do stand up so I can be good at it. I want mm -hmm. to be good at comedy. But when it comes yeah. to my career, I want to create stuff. <laughs> so yeah. I have to create stuff and I have to get better at creating right. that stuff. That's... You have to go through that process of not. Have you seen that Ira Glass thing about taste? Yeah, it's great, that's, isn't it? That's the best. It was so reassuring when I was like just starting out here because I was like, there is a gap. It's like, you know what you want to create, and why can't you fucking do it? It's so annoying. <laughs> but you just have to learn. You have to be a beginner, and you have to learn. Yeah. Like, just start working, get better, and find a product for you to make that you want to use and, and keep doing. That, yeah. that seems to me to be the best thing for people to do. So you did that, and you got agents out of it, and you started getting work and you're in a herbal essence commercial and you've been you've been in a ton of stuff i mean whoa a ton is very much an overstatement also like take everything i say with a grain of salt because i i am very much not a successful person <laughs> but like my career is starting which is nice but well i would say there's so many people who have gone to la who haven't done half the stuff that you've done and that's why i would I mean, say there is there is i think some fairness in saying you are you've had some success and you're doing well you've done a lot of stuff sure if you like talk to me five years ago i would be like no way like it's very exciting to get to do stuff it's a lot of like two lines in a zach efron movie like that's kind of my special my sweet spot these days <laughs> um but yeah i did do an herbal essences commercial where i was a mermaid and that mm -hmm. was really fun and that was my first like like, I'd booked, like, a line and something here and there, but it was my first, like, really big job where it was, 
I mean, it's 15 seconds long, but it felt like a really big deal shooting it, you know? Yeah. Um, what was that experience yeah. like? Uh, you said it, it felt like a big deal. Was it because of the the space and the set and how big it was? Or what, what was making you feel that way? Well, first of all, it's insane how much money they spend on commercials. Like, it's <laughs> just dripping with money. So crazy. Um, and the audition process was insane. It was like three auditions, and then when the third audition, we were there for three hours, and they were just mixing and matching all of us. It felt like cheerleading tryouts. People were getting cut right and left. It was just like, oh, my God. Um, and then when we got to the set, they had, because we're in this lagoon, but they had constructed this 40-by-40-foot, 40 like, fake, like, pool in a warehouse with rocks and fog and a giant fan, and it looked like a lagoon and everyone was in the waters like this lukewarm bath mm-hmm. like our hairdressers in um tr- swim trunks and the pas are have snorkel gear like they had to be in the water with us wow. um <clears throat> and it was it was just such a big production you know you have like herbal essences corporate people there and then you also have the ad agency there and then you also have all the creatives like the director and producer and everyone and there's monitors all over this huge warehouse and everyone's sitting watching what you're doing and you don't know what you're doing Mm, and i'm just like standing in this pool with this giant sweeping crane camera um, in my face with this wind and these fake waves and i'm supposed to be swimming but i'm not allowed to get my hair wet but it's half an inch above the water and and I can hear my voice echoing on a loop when they're replaying the takes for the for all like a hundred people in this warehouse to watch. It was just like so much pressure. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, this isn't terrible. Oh wow. So I my question is because I haven't done a commercial of that stature, but I've definitely done a couple of commercials where corporate people like muckety mucks were there, mm-hmm. and they have interesting notes that they give. And oh. They're always fighting with the director, always. I've been lucky enough that they weren't fighting, but they were... People ask for certain things from you that, as an actor, might be kind of a weird choice. And other times... yeah. (laughs) Or they're asking you to do something, and it's a fine choice, but it's just... uh, It's not as easy to do as they seem to think it is. And also one of the weird things, too, about commercial work is how fast you have to like be there and be in the moment and really really be present how do you manage uh, getting odd notes and still being able to pull off a performance that's going to look good I mean that's a tricky thing I think when when I did that commercial it was so so at the beginning of really understanding what kind of comedy I wanted to do I mean this was like a year ago (laughs) it's not that was it a year ago or was it two years ago Um, but I mean at that point like that was the first I didn't have a ton of experience so it was kind of just like I don't know try to do what they say but also try to be funny in my own way Um, Mm -hmm. whereas now I think some people are really good natural improvisers on set I like to really go through my script beforehand and just come up with alts like alt lines and alt jokes and my own stuff. Mm-hmm, me too. So that, I, oh, you do. Yeah, I like that's that good. Yeah, I just want to go in prepared, like with ideas ready to go, and that way, if they're like, try something, because I've been caught off guard so many times, and they're like, okay, now do whatever you want, Be, do something funny, and I'm like, oh shit, I didn't think about this at all. Yeah, that, um, that happened to me once too. Yeah, it's because then you're like, huh? <laughs> 
I don't know. Yeah, then you're, you're always terrible. I've never, ever had someone say, now do whatever you want when I wasn't prepared, and it went well. There's never... Yeah. I If I think about it beforehand... And then it seems very improvised, and people are like, oh, she just came up with this. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, nowadays, I can always come up with something on set that I couldn't have come up with before for whatever reason, but I try to come in with some other ideas. Yeah, and I think a lot of comedians are really good at that. I'm mm-hmm. not super good at it on the fly. I guess it's the pressure of the whole thing. The more comfortable I am, the easier it comes. But, I see. I see. And that's... That's a huge thing I, I'm starting to realize about acting. I think Meryl Streep said something about um, just learning to be more comfortable being you, and that comes with age, and that makes you a better actor. Mm-hmm. And so much, like, the only time I've really felt like I've done a good job is when I'm very relaxed and I'm very myself. And it's hard, it's almost impossible to be that when you're first starting out because you're there's so much pressure and you don't know how anything works. Right. But that's why such big, successful actors are so confident or sometimes cocky. <laughs> yeah, because they have to buy into their own like delusion. Mm-hmm. They've been able to push out whatever force of uh, personality they have. They can really get it out there because they're cocky enough to think that it should be out there. Whereas yeah. people like me, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I need to be out there. Oh man. Oh, it's like, it's, it's a struggle. I get, I wonder if I'll have this my whole life, but yeah, it's a constant struggle about putting like writing out there or just ideas on the internet. Cause that's also dangerous territory, but no, like, tell me about it. It's just, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of, well, who, who cares what I have to say? Who cares? Like, what am I doing? Am I so self-absorbed that I think anyone's interested? And then you just have to be like, whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm creating, I want to talk about these things. I'm in a position where I'm being paid to be an artist. Mm-hmm. Be an artist. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. So you've done, you did a series called Harder Than It Looks. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. was like four years ago that you did that. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was about four years ago. And that was during, like, I was in an improv class and my teacher at the time was like let's make a web series together and I was like great and it was it was very scrappy of us like it cost us nothing we shot in an apartment and mm-hmm. on the street of the apartment and um, pulled a lot of favors and had these amazing DPs like young guys that had dropped out of film school because they were better than film school oh. they were like 21 at the time just like making rigs like they had cameras and then they'd be on a skateboard and that was a version of a dolly kind oh, of thing wow. It was it was cool. It was it was very fun. But also looking back, I'm like I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> now do, you, uh, do you hear that outside? Is that driving you crazy? It's not driving me crazy. It'll Is it ruining the interview? <laughs> no, no. I mean, it's just uh, it's it is what it is. <laughs> Does it just sound like I'm using a chainsaw through the whole interview? <laughs> it doesn't sound like that. It sounds like people like Harrison Ford is next door doing carpentry again <laughs> in his life. Yeah, they're shooting Star Wars next door. <laughs> <laughs> you did uh, you did that. You created your own web series. Then you yeah. write your own short? I did do a short, yeah, which is, I mean, we haven't done anything with it. That was just a fun thing mm-hmm. that a few friends, we were like, let's make something. And then we also pulled a lot of favors. And mm-hmm. also, like, just, 
advice for people making stuff. I wrote myself into a corner because I literally wrote all of the things you're not supposed to write in a script. I had us smoking cigarettes in a car in the desert. So we were shooting in a hundred above a hundred degree weather. And I don't smoke cigarettes, but I had to smoke a million because we're doing a million takes. And it's so hard to shoot in a car because oh. it's such a small space. And it was just like, what was I thinking? I did this to myself. No one made me do this. <laughs> but it was fun. It was really fun. That's funny. So people who are wanting to get into the industry and, and get some of the uh, fun gigs that you've gotten, how take us through that process of you've got your agents and now you're you're really going for it in your career oh thank you i'm trying to protect you from the sound does it help i don't think so but it's really sweet that you're trying (laughs) trying to cover the mic um (laughs) but uh what is the that process like in la getting agents right these days these days what can the kids learn from from your experience all those hip kids, they, I mean, the thing that everybody told me, which I was so annoyed by, because is like create your own stuff. And I think you kind of go, a lot of people leave theater school being like, I'm going to get discovered as an actor. And it's like, that doesn't happen anymore. It just mm-hmm. doesn't. You have to be a creator. Yeah. I maybe for like models, you end up being on a CW show and that's fine. Um, maybe some Broadway people also like transition and that's great. But if you just moved to LA to be an actor, you've got to be making stuff. Mm-hmm. Not right away. Like go take some classes, like go to UCB and like figure out what you think is funny and meet people. Um, and I also remember when I first got here, everyone was like, Hey, the people that are like just as broke and just as unrepresented and confused as you are that you're working with and hanging out with and going to parties with and taking classes with like those are your peers you're going to come up with them and in five years like some of them are going to be running studios or not running them but the executives at Mm -hmm. like comedy central or whatever you're going to hire each other or you're going to be making shows and putting each other on shows and i remember hearing people saying that and kind of believing them and being like yeah but also like this 22 year old kid I hang out with is a mess and how are any of us ever going to be anything? Right. Right. And now it's starting to happen this year. Really? A lot of my friends are like selling pilots to showtime and it's just like, Oh, that does happen. Like you have a, a gener- a peer group you come up with. Yeah. So, so I would say like, just get involved, like just like jump into stuff, take a lot of classes, make stuff with people, Build relationships with people that you like, not just for networking. Networking's bullshit. That's not real. Like, don't just try to sell yourself. Right. Just like, right. Build real relationships, mm-hmm. and then do cool stuff with those people. And those people will continue to do cool stuff, and so will you. Right. I, there's an episode right. of the podcast recently. I'm not sure if it was one with uh, Toby Morell, but there was one where we were talking about being a good person and easy to work with, and how that's going to help you get further in your career uh that doesn't mean that uh, and that we didn't mean that at the expense of actually being able to create and do work we are meaning if you can create and do work be someone others would want to work with <laughs> right yeah um <clears throat> you know, no one's gonna hire you because you're a nice person they're gonna hire you because you can do the work 
and you're a mm. nice person and they can see themselves doing the work with you. That is like the magical combo. It's like, I think there's three parts. It's the being someone that's really, really creative and always getting better and always trying stuff, treating people very well, being a good person and just nonstop hustling business-wise, I guess. But yeah, you have to have both of those things to really have longevity, I think, mm-hmm. from what I've seen. How are you hustling? Because uh, I hear people say that, and sometimes I wonder exactly how. I mean, obviously, they're meaning work hard, but what does that look like? Um, a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's okay, taking a lot of classes is part of the thing. And then I just, you know, when I first moved here, I did a ton of self-submitting. Like, do you guys have actor databases there where you submit yourself for, like, smaller projects, web series, student films, stuff like that? There's a national one that the agency I'm with is partnered with. That's cool. Yeah, like, we, there's LA Casting and Actors Access. Actors Access is really the one out here where you, like, create a profile, and then people that are doing lower-budget stuff, non-union commercials, USC student films short films, web series, things that have like no real studio or production behind them, just like people creating stuff. And you go audition for them. There were a lot of weird auditions, like in people's apartments and things that were shady because it's not super regulated. Mm -hmm. So that's something you have to be careful about. Right. But, um, but like just like I did a ton of student films at like good film schools like USC um, and UCLA. And then you know, you're in your friend's web series, you make a web series, you write. I wrote my own pilot. I've written, I'm working on a second pilot. I, you know, read every book on writing, top, spent a year just like trying to teach myself how to write. Um, took a lot of classes, go to a lot of shows. I'm obsessed with autobiography, so I read everybody's autobiography. And I think just like trying to absorb like how it all works and getting better yourself. And, you know, you, like, build your own website and you show up to things and ask people that are better than you, like, if you can ask them advice about stuff and, yeah, read a lot and perform a lot. Like, all of that is just, like, constant. Mm -hmm. And then I think there's a different kind of hustling when you get signed and you get agents that are really behind you and they want you to sell stuff. Then there's, like, trying to write the thing that you can sell but not trying to be, you know, guided by what will sell and trying to, like, stay creative about it and, like, not hate yourself the whole time. And, like, some days are awash where you just get high and, like, binge watch something because you're a weirdo artist person. And then some days are, like, 13-hour work days. And it's just bonkers. Yeah. How do you maintain, on a 13-hour work day, how do you maintain relationships? Friends and family and romantic relationships. I'm not just... I'm not trying to be like, how do you keep a wife? <laughs> In the closet. Um, I, <laughs> uh, it's a good question because I don't, I don't really know that I know the answer to that yet because it's just starting. I'm just starting to get busy. And I, go, I mean, you go through phases. Like I was really busy at some points last year and really bored at some points. But my. <laughs> it's going to be it a sound beautiful like it's house. Closer? that one did sound louder it sounds like they turned up volume yeah um, oh god he's like coming towards my hedges i can tell (laughs) Uh, um oh like my fiance is a writer and so he we both have an understanding of like needing to be independent and creative and have our own space and like be weirdos and then we can also talk about the industry a lot together and support each other so i don't know how i would do it with someone that's not in the industry and didn't kind of get how crazy making it is Mm -hmm. with family it's definitely weird like 
I think because there's so much anxiety in this industry, like so much of it is being on, right? Like I'm going to a lot of auditions or meetings or you're pitching something or you're getting coffee with a friend or a director or whoever and you're like on all the time or you're making something. And then I, I, I'm sure other people are different, but I have to, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on. And then I won't talk to people for like three days and I'm just in my house and like, can't handle it. Hmm. And I'm sure I'll get better at that. (laughs) But I think a lot of my friends and family are starting to be like, Whoa, I haven't heard from you. And I'm like, yeah, I just, I work, I work, I work. Then I get super anxious about the work and can't see anybody. And then I kind of emerge again. And it's like this weird cycle. I think it's a good thing for people to hear. It's hard to tell people that directly. So I'm glad that they're hearing that on the podcast. Yeah, maybe this will save some relationships in my life, Jason. (laughs) Yes. I mean, when I started the There It Is podcast, I was like, let's save some relationships. (laughs) Well, there it is. (laughs) (laughs) We've done it. Yeah. Uh, I hate to say this is the end of the interview, but... Uh, I, I, we've been on for a while. I guess we do have to end. What's your regular, like, what's your average interview time? What do you normally? I at? I was telling people I wanted the podcast to be thirty to forty-five minutes. Have mm-hmm. done like one or two that are that length. Uh, most of them have been around an hour. I feel like, yeah, honestly, thirty is probably like you can't really get into the meat of it if it's just thirty. Right. Forty-five to an hour. Love right. it. Right. Right. Um, but now we're getting, we're approaching an hour. So Great. unfortunately, we have I'm so to. proud of us though. I, I really love this chat, but now it is time to uh, end the interview with something that we can create together. I don't know what that would be though. Would it be okay. a, a web series idea or? Oh, interesting. We did talk a lot about web series. Well, first of all, I think something was already created in Yaden, and like that's pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we need to come up with your name. Ooh, well, my name's Jason Farr. Everyone always wanted to just call me by my last name and not give me a nickname. People always call you Far, like Far Out. Do they call you Far Out? A lot of people say Far Out. When I was in college, uh, there were a bunch of Jasons in the fraternity when I joined, and uh, so they were what just What fraternity by. were you in? I was in Kappa Sigma, Winthrop University, which is an important distinction to make because we were following all the rules. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Kappa unlike, Sig! Oh right. my god. Unlike, unlike certain other uh, uh, chapters, we were following the rules of Kappa Sigma. and I You were like, good guys. <laughs> right, we're nice guys. Not to uh, say that Kappa Sig is inherently bad, but like... No, Kappa I, Sigma is not inherently bad. I have just heard some bad stories about chapters that don't exist anymore. Yes, and I, anyone who knows who's at big schools, at one of those schools, uh, I, I wasn't in a Kappa Sigma like that. I was in yeah. uh, I was in Kappa Sigma, not Kappa Sig. Oh, oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was totally. in a fraternity, not a frat. I'll put it that way. Oh, great distinction. Right. I totally so, understand. <laughs> so uh, I say all that just to say there were a ton of Jasons, and we were going by last names. And one day I said, oh, I need a, a nickname. And a guy was like, no, Far, that's your nickname. So I don't have a nickname. <laughs> I mean, Far is dope, though, I will say. I like it. But if I, I always wondered what my nickname would be if someone was just trying to throw something out there. I mean, oh, J, do you go by J Far? Because that's like Jafar. Yeah, my cousin, his that? name is J, and my brother's name is Joe. So people always called them Jafar. Oh man! So oh, I'm just like, 
I don't get on that one either. Heavily treaded territory right but now. Listen, but also, like Jafar was the bad guy in Aladdin, <laughs> so I don't want to be him. Which is so cool. No. <laughs> you want to be Aladdin? I get it. Wait, <laughs> yeah. what is your ethnicity, by the way? Speaking of Aladdin. Oh, I am. Uh, I'm black, but I'm light skinned so people think that I am uh, uh, like Hispanic or, or Latin, or yeah, or like one of my parents is white, or someone said I could pull off Middle Eastern. Yeah, because um, I'm Persian, and I thought maybe you had a spice of that. Well, I, I apparently have made a lot of people think that just by them looking at me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of people, I, I get Latin People a think lot. I'm Italian. Oh, yeah. I could kind of see that. But I knew it was, you know, yeah. I, I guess for I guess because I knew your name, I knew it was going to be Persian and not Italian. Yeah, you get it. Do you get uh, Princess Jasmine a lot? I do and I made like I have a character reel where I'm like Princess Jasmine who like moved to LA to get another movie deal and it ends up on heroin and like prostituting herself (laughs) and then that sketch came out on SNL and I was like damn it (laughs) (laughs) well let's see let's make uh, if we were to have a web series you and I yes yeah if we're making a web series it could be Yaden and Jafar it could be Yaden and Jafar, or it could be Far a Yaden. Far a Yay. <laughs> Sounds like it's about Coke. <laughs> <laughs> I really want this to happen now, so if I come out to LA, we'll have to make this. I mean, yeah, when are you coming? Uh, I don't know, but one day. I mean, I'm going New York, so I don't know. <laughs> but one day. Wait, like, side note, when are you moving to New York? End of February. Oh my god, that's to pursue comedy, yeah? Yeah, and uh, acting work too. Thank you. That's so exciting. That's like, that's what you gotta do. Yeah. Um, and then I will get to the place where I can create a web series with you. Yeah. And Or we'll be- at least we could uh, dress up as Princess Jasmine and Jafar. See, that's I really I will be Princess fine. Jasmine. <laughs> yeah. What if you're Jafar, I'm Princess Jasmine, and our web series is just us talking to each other over Skype in closets. <laughs> I suppose we could do it that way, too. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, Jafar keeps contacting Princess Jasmine, and she keeps answering the Skype calls. Right, it's like Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky <laughs> having, like, secret conversations. <laughs> uh, well, there it is. There it is. Thanks is so that much what you for do? being on. Yeah. You say, there it is. That's great. I love it. How cool. Thanks so much for having me. This was super fun. Oh, I had a great time. I think I'd like to have you on again. I've not made a rule about not having people on a second time, but I enjoyed talking to you so much. I'd like to have you on a second time one day. Great. I'd love to get in before that rule goes into effect. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my buddy Yaden, everybody. Yaden. She was super fun, right? We had a great time chatting even off here, just laughing a ton, just goofing around. Uh, it was a it was a really fun talk. I do need to have her on again. It's funny. <laughs> I've had a dear friend on this podcast in, in Toby Morell, and this is the first time that I've been like, oh, I should have some this person on again. They were so fun to talk to. But that's because Toby's stupid. <laughs> Toby's great. So was Aiden. Why don't you check her out tonight on New Girl on Fox at 8.30. You can also check out her website, AidenMayery.com. That's A-Y-D-E-N, Mayer, like John, I 
Com. You can also see her reels and get to her social media accounts on her website. Why don't you go to thereitispod.com if you haven't already. You can support the podcast. You can engage in the blogs and you can find old episodes. It'll be much appreciated. I hope you have there-itis. I hope you do. Well, that's it for now. We have a fun episode next week, so do check that out. I'm Jason Farr. Until next time, be good to each other. The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr.